Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about lying. And this can be really triggering for parents. They sort of panic when their kids lie and think, oh my God, is my kid going to be a pathological liar? What's going on? Um, there's a few things to know about lying. It's a sign of intelligence. It is quite a normal developmental stage, and there's no reason to panic. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So let's talk about lying. Um, so first of all, it's really interesting because kids are actually fantastic liars. And the reason they're such good liars is there's such a thin veil between imagination and play and storytelling and reality. So for kids, they're just trying to figure out all this stuff. Even the concept of a lie is really interesting to them. Uh, they think in, in metaphors, they think in stories, they, um, they're in their imagination a lot and they flip between uh, that imagination and reality. So it's quite a concept to learn that certain things are okay to say and certain things are not. The other thing that can happen with lying is that we give examples of lying all the time. Tell grandma her hair looks good when it doesn't. Tell them you're 12 <laughs> when you're 13 because you're going to the movies. We, we sometimes, um, think of lying as being this incredibly black and white thing when there's really different types of lying. And we'll get into that as well. But the first thing I want you to understand is that it, it really is a sign of intelligence that really bright kids. And if your child doesn't lie, it doesn't mean they're not bright. Um, it's just really bright kids um, tend to be really good at making up stories. And it takes a longer time for them sometimes to figure out what's socially appropriate and what's not. So here's a few things that you need to know. If you call your child out on the lie, you're going to create a better liar. So, you know, hovering over them and saying, I know you're not telling me the truth. That's not true. I know it. Um, what happens to most people, whether they're five or 55, when you catch them in a lie, they will double down. They're busy thinking about what they're going to say next that counters what you just said. They're going to try to get out of that uncomfortable situation by coming up with another lie to uh, justify the previous lie. And they're going to be busy in their heads trying to maneuver and do some kind of verbal ninja out of the way of this lie rather than look inward at the lie. So here's what I recommend in terms of lying. If you know your child is lying, there's a, there's a couple of things you can do. One, is you, is you always mirror, whether you think your child is telling you the truth or not, you use the calm technique. So for those of you who need a refresher, go back to the first or second podcast and really listen to that. It's really important because you got to, you really have to do that first. And I'll give some examples in a moment. After you've done that, then you say, well, you know what? I love you. And I'm kind of feeling like there's some information and maybe some details missing. So I'm going to give you some time to think about what those things could be. And I'm going to come back later. I'm going to check on you and then leave it for a few minutes or maybe even an hour or two, maybe even the next day. And, and then either go back and check on them or say to your child, or I'll wait for you to come back when you remember some of those details. 
And then when your child come back, comes back and says, well, you know, it was really this or it was really that, the message needs to be, I, it can't be, I knew it, I knew it. You, you're gonna get in trouble for lying and you can't do that and people aren't gonna be your friend and all of that stuff, Depend, just hold on. When they tell you the truth, the message needs to be, thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate you coming back and telling me that information. So one of the messages that you need to give your child is that when they tell you the truth, they're not going to get in trouble or at least not as much trouble as if they were lying to you. When they're lying and you know that they're lying and you have enough evidence to know that they're lying, then there's a consequence. But if they come and they tell you truthfully, well, this is what really happened. It was me or I did it. Or um, it is a moment of um, warmth of gratitude and of thanking them for coming forward and being honest. The other piece of this that's really important is you want your child to be tuning into their own integrity. So lying is a really good example. When you're telling a lie or when you're gossiping or when you're doing something that you shouldn't, there's going to be a feeling in your stomach. It's just going to be this little off kind of feeling and you may still be compelled to lie or do the thing that you're doing. Um, but there'll be a feeling in there where somewhere, you know, you're out of your integrity somewhere. And it's usually right in your gut. You are out of alignment with what you know, you should be doing in that moment. And we're pretty sophisticated as adults for sure at pushing that away and justifying it. And well, yeah, it's because she did this or he did this, or it's okay for me to do this because of this. Um, and it's a very complex process, but with our children and with ourselves, we want to be raising them to use that feeling inside as a, like an internal GPS system. When you have that icky feeling in your stomach, it's your body telling you you're out of your integrity. You're doing something and saying something that isn't quite right. And so in the conversation where you're saying to your child, I think there's some information missing. There's a few pieces to this that I just think aren't adding up. And I want you to take some time and really think about what those are and come back and tell me you also want to add, and I want you to tune into that feeling in your tummy. If there's a feeling in your stomach that doesn't feel good, um, that's your body talking to you. And the only way to make that feeling go away is to give me the information and to tell the truth. So I'm going to leave it with you and I trust you. So I'll give you an example. Um, this is years ago because Olivia is 18 now, but she wrote with a permanent marker on a new table, a new dining room table that I saved up for. And I was so excited. It was an Indian rosewood table. We still have it. Um, and she scribbled on it with a permanent marker. And of course, I, my other two kids are 10 years older. So there's no way a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old would have done that. Um, so I went to her. And I sort of kind of said, Hey, come here, come look at this. And sometimes it's really interesting to see how colors are going to look on different things and, you know, drawing and creating on, on different surfaces can be really fun, but I'm a little bit sad because this is my uh, new table. And I was just wondering if you did this. Nope. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Now the tendency of course is to go, I know it's you and who else would do it? And it wasn't me and it wasn't your dad and it wasn't your sister and your brother. So it has to be you um, because what you're doing there is you're kind of bringing up that mortification, that shame, that um, reflex that they have to just defend against. And they're going to get angry and they're going to never believe me. And 
you know, it'll, it'll be a lot of that. And so I just kind of sat with her for a minute and I said, okay, well, you know what? I want you to go, I want you to pay attention to the feeling in your tummy. And I want you to go away and think about, is there anything else I need to know? And I trust you. This is also very important. Sending that message of competence is really important. I know deep down that you care about me and you care about our things and care about animals and your grandparents. And I know that you know how to tune into that best part of yourself. So you go think and you just like tune into that and then come back and tell me if there's anything else that you need to tell me. Um, now, everything in me wanted to get mad and <laughs> take away the markers and look at it, look what you've done. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty frustrating, especially when it's uh, a piece of property that you enjoy. Um, but I held on to that. And I can't remember, it was a long time ago now. I don't remember how much later, but it wasn't much longer. Olivia came back and she said, mommy, it was me. I, I, I did do that. And I'm sorry. And and, and I had to hold true to my word. And I told Olivia before that if she came and she told me the truth, there would not be a consequence. Um, if she didn't, there would. And so it was a hug. It was tuning into that feeling and a lot of work with her too after, which is, you know, how did that feel in your body? Like when you when you told the truth, when it came out, can you feel that that feeling was gone? And she's like, yeah, that feeling is gone. And so it's really this wonderful way to help children learn A, to be aligned with their own integrity and B, to use those feelings, especially shame and guilt, um, of which there can be a healthy amount, just not a toxic amount, as uh, your GPS system, as an internal guidance system that tells you you are off track or you are out of alignment or you are out of sync with your family or your community and you need to make uh, different decisions to get back and to get that integrated feeling back. And this is really, really important. Um, I know lying, lying is very triggering and we get very upset about it as parents, but if we dive down and really dig in, most of the time, children just become better liars, to be honest. Um, so if you really want your child to stop lying, this is the way to do it. Now, let me, I'll give you another example. This is a client of mine that I had years and years ago. This is, oh, this is probably going back 15 or 20 years. And, and this was a kid who told all kinds of lies. So not just to his parents, um, you know, to get out of trouble or whatever. He would tell kind of fantastic stories to his friends. And one of the interesting parts of lying, and it's really important to help your kids understand this, is very rarely do other children call uh, children out on the lying. Sometimes they do, but for the most part, they just kind of make faces and sideways glances to other kids. And then they kind of go off and go, can you believe that? That story, that's ridiculous. That's not true. And the person who's actually telling the story, because they're so actively inventing the story, and they're kind of in their head, gathering the narrative and picking out the details. Um, they're kind of in their own heads as they do that. They're missing the facial cues of the person who's actually receiving the lie. Um, and so they'll often miscue and not realize when they're lying. And so this is one of those kids who just, it, it had gotten out of control. And in his session, he wanted to tell me a story that he had been uh, jumped by a group of kids. There were 30 of them. They beat him up. And they took, and, and, and he, no, they tried to beat him up and he beat them all up and kept his iPad. Well, and number one, I'm a therapist, so I can't say really. You beat up 30 kids and kept your iPad, because that's what I was thinking, but you can't do that. So I had to use that moment and I was like, okay, so somehow 
in this crazy situation, we had all these people attacking you. You found the strength to fight them all off and hang on to that thing that was really important to you. Now, this is what's interesting. Now the kid is not having to defend himself. Now he's not having to double down on his lie. Now he just hears the lie reflected back without judgment and without me saying, really, really, it sounds like this. Like there was none of that. It was quite genuine. And what happens if the kid listens and goes, oh, <laughs> it doesn't sound all that plausible. So right away, there was a correction. Well, it wasn't actually 30 people that beat me up. It was 30 people and only one person beat me up, but I was still able to keep my iPad. So then my response was, okay, so it's, I mean, part of it is to, you know, the part of the, the story that you told me in the beginning was probably a wish, like that you would have had that much power to hang on to your things and not felt so vulnerable and not felt like a victim in that moment. And somehow you still found the strength to fight this guy and keep your iPad. And once again, you could see on his face, mm, nope, that's not exactly what happened. That still doesn't sound exactly right. And then of course came the tears. It was one kid, he beat me up and he stole my iPad. And now we could have a very deep um, conversation about what that lie meant for him. It was about a wish being powerful and not being a victim and not feeling like you were taken advantage of and how he had wished that he'd had this super strength. And we were able to really dive deep into that and then talk about other areas in his life where he's had difficulty and when things hadn't worked. And that was a real, I think that was quite a significant um, moment for him. And, you know, I saw that child for a couple of years and, you know, he came back and he was a teenager actually at the time of the story and said, that was a really important moment for him. That's when he realized that, you know, telling lies wasn't serving him anymore. Um, so how you handle lying is actually really, really important. And it, it, again, a lot of what I teach in the connected parenting methodology is a bit counterintuitive. It's kind of the opposite of what you think you should be doing. Um, but it really does make so much more sense. It's, I call it steering into this kid. The other conversation just quickly that you can have with your kids about lying um, is first of all, understanding what a lie is and defining a lie and that there's different types of lying. So most of the time, the most common lies are kids lying to get out of trouble. That's sort of the, the main lie. Um, you know, then there's lying that's really kind of more malicious. You know, they're doing it to hurt somebody or to set someone up. Um, you know, that, that kind of lying, especially if it's a pattern, if it happens once in a while, you don't panic. Um, but if it, it, it's a pattern, or if you're seeing it in multiple places and you're getting feedback from multiple sources that this is happening, then you want to really look into that behavior. And that's a time where it really, I think, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of kids having a, a therapist or a brain coach or a life coach, uh, someone to help them really learn that they can control their feelings instead of their feelings controlling them. They often will listen to another person in a way that they really can't with their mother or father. Um, so I think it's really important. And if, if that's an, if that's available to you, then I think it's always great to learn to use, especially if you have a child that's having difficulty, but that kind of lying is more concerning. And then there's social lying or white lying, you know, yeah, I'm 12 when I'm 11 or to get into the movie or you're know, telling someone that their hair looks great when their haircut is <laughs> not so great. Um, and we do that kind of lying all the time, which is why you can't really be black and white about lying because it's really confusing to kids. So you have to have that conversation about sometimes you hold back on the truth so it's not hurtful. So you don't hurt someone's feelings and being super blunt um, isn't always great. And that's a really complex thing. That's a very, that's a part of the brain that's responsible for higher order thinking. That's very contextual. 
Um, it's, it's complicated and it's hard for kids to learn. Um, and then once again, we also have to think about modeling. You know, are we demonstrating lying? Are we um, modeling this sometimes and not considering it lying or considering it a different circumstance when it's us? Um, you know, don't tell your dad, I just spent this much money on something. That kind of thing is really important. So kids are learning. We are always teaching and they are always learning. So the other piece of this is if you do to that, go, you know what? You know how I always taught you there's a weird feeling in your stomach when you do something you shouldn't do? I just had it. And you know what? I'm going to use that feeling to put that thing back or to be honest uh, with my wife or my, my husband about um, making that purchase. So you're kind of demonstrating that you're using that same thinking uh, and you're using that GPS system yourself. Um, the other thing is lying is really, really common when kids are kind of six or seven, it'll often spike during that age. You'll see sometimes it's spiking again in adolescence because it's a time when kids are feeling very vulnerable and that they're not enough and they feel like everyone's looking at them and everyone's watching them. Um, you also have to remember that um, kids, especially teenagers are mostly kind of sort of honest, it, that it is quite normal for kids to, to begin to tell lies to kind of keep their independence and their sovereignty. And when I work with kids one-on-one, -on -one, I talk about the difference between privacy and secrecy um, because that's also complicated, but the more open and the more loving and the more you kind of demonstrate that when they um, approximate the behavior that you're looking for, that's more pro-social and it's better for them being honest, being open, and that there's a wonderful reward for that uh, in terms of a lovely conversation and that that icky feeling goes away, that is how you're shaping um, a more truthful child. And that's how you're helping kids really navigate through the, the social complexities of lying. So if you want to dive deeper into connected parenting, this is just a little piece. Um, we listen to all my podcasts and certainly go back to the beginning uh, to get that refresher on the calm technique, which is central through everything that I teach. If you want to go deeper, we've got our online courses. We've got courses that are just video. We have um, the online course where for teens and for kids, where I do a monthly coaching call with everyone. And I'm very active in the closed Facebook group. I'm interacting with everybody with video answers and written answers and audio answers. And I love that. Um, it's people from all over the world. We've got our connected parenting village, which is a weekly membership where uh, families can join and have weekly hour long calls with people from the connected parenting team to talk about parenting, to get parenting advice, uh, support and community in a loving, warm uh, space. It's also fun and there's a lot of laughter and a lot of getting it because if you have a gladiator, you're not alone in this group um, and my books. So we try to make sure at Connected Parenting, we offer you all kinds of important resources and I will see you again on the next episode of Connected Parenting.